righteousness until the last day. The true Muslim student, as the title, it implies that there is a fake Muslim student. I'm sure that each and every one of you believes he or she is in fact a true Muslim student. However, simply because we believe we are true Muslim students, that doesn't make us true Muslim students. You could believe that you're the king of Uganda. But does that make you the king or the queen of Uganda? No. In the end, as they say, actions speak louder than words. So we have to look at ourselves and our actions and weigh them on the scale of Islam and from there we are able then to conclude whether we are in fact true Muslim students or not. A true Muslim student should be different and distinct from one who is not a true Muslim student. Let us look at students in general. A true Muslim student is a student who is in fact Muslim first. That is the primary characteristic of a true Muslim student. A fake Muslim student is one who is a student first. That is a fake that is a fake Muslim student. He or she is a student first. And they share the characteristics of students all over the world, wherever they may be. They are no different from students anywhere. So we say they are a student who happened to be Muslim. They could have been atheist, they could have been communist, they could have been Buddhist, they could have been Hindu, could have been anything. Because they are students first and foremost. What does that mean? It means that they share the common characteristics of students anywhere and everywhere. And the most common characteristic which students are known for in all educational institutions around the globe 
there is, out of all the characteristics, one most notable characteristic, which all students share around the globe. Can anybody tell me what that characteristic is? No idea? They seek academic knowledge. Yes, that's what being a student is about, isn't it? Seeking academic knowledge, common characteristic. But there is another characteristic which is from the evil side, which students share all over the world. What, what is that one? Cheating! Yes! That is the evil characteristic. Cheating! Why is cheating so endemic amongst students wherever they are? Why? There is a reason. They want to pass exams. Why do they want to pass exams? So that they will get good jobs. Why do they want good jobs? So that they can have a good life. Buy a nice house, have nice car, and live a comfortable life. So the goal of the student as we know it today is purely material it is purely material and because it is purely material then people follow the Machiavellian principle of by any means necessary that becomes the rule. That is the rule that the students follow. By any means necessary. I want that goal. And I will achieve that goal by any means necessary. And that means the easiest means necessary. So, what is the consequence? Cheating became the norm. All over the world, students are noted for cheating. Now, everybody here is a Muslim student, right? 99% or something like that. Muslim students. Put your hands up, Stupia. Let me see all the Muslim students here. And we can add true Christian students. Put your hand up. Let me see. Are you a true Christian student? You fear God? Yes? Two, three, four, five. Okay. Good. Now what I want you to do is to put your hand up one more time with me. All of you. Right? Put your hand up. I've seen all of you. Okay, put your hand back down. Now, I want you to put your hand up and swear by God, by Allah, that you have never cheated or on any examination or test as a student in your life, whether here or in the school you came from, you put your hand up and say, Wallahi, by God, I have 
never cheated in any test or examination. Let me see those people. One, two, three, four more girls, right? Five, six, seven, eight. Never, watch out now. This is Wallahi. You know, if you're lying, know that the curse of God is coming upon you. Huh? So, Wallah, he put those hands up. Let me see. One, two, three. I see hands are going back down again now. Okay, come on. Let's try to keep them up. If, you're, if it's for real. We have one among the men. Only one. Women, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Well. Now we see the reality. Yes. This is the cold reality. So how can you possibly call yourself a true Muslim or Christian student? How? You all know as Muslims the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man ghashana falaysa minna Whoever cheats is not a true Muslim. It's fake. Is fake. So what do we have to say? We look at our country, the country around us, and the countries around us, and the biggest problem that we find in all of these countries is what? Corruption. Right, isn't it? Corruption from top to bottom. But now if we remove all of those corrupt Politicians, you know, mayors, governors, remove all of them and put you all in their place. Is it going to be any different? It's not going to be any different. You're going to say, they ate and now it's our time to eat. So how do we change society? How do we change things and make them better? Where is our future? What is this saying about our future? We are doomed to failure. That's what it's saying. Our future is dim. This is something very serious. It's very fundamental. You know, when I visited Indonesia, and Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in terms of population. Largest. And I asked those people, how did you find out about Islam? How did Islam reach Indonesia? They told me that the traders who came from Oman, from Oman, Hadramaut, from Yemen, who used to travel on ships all the way to China, Passing through Indonesia, they would trade in India, Bangladesh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, China. That was the route. They would travel for months going and months coming. They were traders like all traders. Again, a common characteristic amongst traders, business people, is what? Cheating, corruption. That's why the Prophet, may God's peace, peace and blessing be upon him, said, At tujjar humul fujjar. 
The traders, they are the most corrupt ones. And it's not to say you don't trade. But beware of corruption in trade. So, they traded as they normally did. But one year, when they came to the shores of Indonesia, and they brought their goods, and the Indonesians came to buy their goods, they began to explain to their customers, the Indonesian customers, they began to explain to them the defects which were in their products. Normally, before they would hide it. That's what traders do, isn't it? You have a defect, you hide it. You put it on the bottom. When you buy a, 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 a box of tomatoes, they put the good ones on the top and green and bad ones on the bottom. This is standard practice, isn't it? You always have to dig down and see what's at the bottom. Instead, they showed and explained to the people, this is defective and so and so. So and so has a better plan. So the Indonesians were amazed. <laughs> what happened? Why, why are you doing that? Why would you tell us what's wrong with your goods? It means that you can't sell it at the price you normally would sell it. You have to sell it cheaper now because it's defective. Or you may lose the sale because I'll go and buy it from somebody else who has a good product. You know? You don't get ahead that way. You don't become a big businessman that way. Why? They said, our religion. Your religion? What, what's new? What? You change your religion? They said, yes. We became Muslims. Muslims? What is Muslims? Indonesians were Hindus and Buddhists. That's the original religion there. Hindus and Buddhists. What, what, what is this? Islam. And so they explained to them Islam. And the people began accepting Islam in waves. And Islam spread over Indonesia. Like a tidal wave. From what? Honest traders. Honesty. That is the characteristic that Prophet Muhammad was known for. He was called Al-Amin. The trustworthy one. The honest one. And when we say, as our declaration of faith, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, when we say that, what does that mean? What does Muhammadur Rasulullah mean? Does it mean simply that we know Muhammad was a messenger of Allah? May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him. No. When we say, وَنَشْحَدُ We bear witness. Anna Muhammadan That Muhammad, Rasulullah, was a messenger of Allah. It means we have committed ourselves to follow him. To follow his way. To follow the message that he brought. As all those who came before. From the time of Jesus, those who were around him were obliged to follow his way. He showed the way. Before him, Prophet David, Moses, Abraham, and thousands and thousands of prophets sent all over the world by Allah. They showed the way. They were the way. The way to righteousness. The way of righteousness. So the true Muslim student is one who follows that way. Without it, we are fake. We are counterfeit. Counterfeit meaning what? Meaning that 
our shahada will not be acceptable to Allah. Because it is only words. Words without meaning. Words from our lips, but not from our hearts. So do you, is this the way you want to end up? Or do you want to be true Muslim students? Do you? Do you? Yes. Yes. Like that? And that doesn't sound like people who really want to be Muslim students. True Muslim students. Let me ask again. Do you want to be Muslim students? The men, let me hear you. Yes. Yes. Okay, women. Do you want to be Muslim students? Yes. True Muslim students? Yes. Yes. Hmm. It sounds like there's just about 10 men here and about 10 women here. I'm sure when you're watching that football game and the ball goes in the goal, you're not saying, Yay! Wow! You're not saying that. You're saying, Yay! That's football. Come on, people. That's football. We're talking about, we're talking about life and death here. About life and death. So from you men, I want to hear from the bottom of your heart that you really want to be true Muslim students. Let me hear you. Do you... Do you really want to be true Muslim students? Yes. I, I think the women can do better than that. Do you really want to be Muslim students, women? Yes. yes. Come on, guys. Do you really want to be true Muslim students? Yes. Okay. That sounds like it. Sounds much better. Okay. Now put your hands up with me. All of you. Repeat after me. Wallahi. I will not. Cheat. On any test or examination. No, what's happening? The hands are going down. Down. And even the men, they can hardly get the hand up. Come on. Get those hands up high. Come on. With me again. Wallahi. I will not cheat on any test or examination. All the, this is the medical students. We're going to put our life in your hands and you can't even put your hand up and say. All the people in white, is that medical? Yeah, you are the medical people, right? So, come on. One more time. Get the hands up high, people. High, high. Get those hands up. Too many women there with their hands not up. Yes, I see a whole bunch of you. Get those hands up. Wallahi, I will not cheat on any test or examination from today onwards. Okay, mashallah. Mashallah. I think I have done the university a major favor, right? <laughs> a major favor. If, of course you know, if you break this, you're breaking an oath, right? There's a consequence. But, alhamdulillah, if you stick with it, if you stay with what you have committed yourself to today, 
this society will change. I believe that. Wallahi, bi'iznillah, this society will change. If just you all stick with what you have just said, you will change the face of Ugandan society. This is the fact. You might think, no, I'm such a small person. Who? Me. Little me. Who am I? What can I do? I'm just one person. Others around me are cheating. It's hard for me not to cheat. What if somebody asks me the answer? You're cheating if you tell them the answer. Don't think that cheating is just when you ask the answer. When you tell somebody else the answer, you're not doing your friend a favor. You're also cheating. You think, just me, what can I do? Reality, I was born in Jamaica. You know Jamaica? Everybody has heard of Jamaica? Who hasn't heard of Jamaica? Put your hand up. Don't be shy. Everybody has heard of Jamaica? Okay. Jamaica is known for Bob Marley and reggae, isn't it? That's what you know Jamaica for. Yeah, not because you remember your geography well, but you're hooked on Bob Marley and reggae. That's why you know Jamaica. Now, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, the capital of Jamaica. Both of my parents were Christians. My grandfather was a reverend in the church. If someone were to say to my parents, at the time when I was born, your son is going to become a Muslim and he will study Islam until he is considered by people to be among the scholars of Islam and he will teach Muslims Islam and he will set up one of the largest universities in the world with over 250,000 students from 228 different countries. He will write more than 50 books, published books on Islam. He will be listed in the Jordanian journal of the 500 most influential Muslims. What do you think they would have said? They would have said, yeah. They would have said, you're crazy, you're mad, insane, not possible, impossible. But Allahu Akbar, huh? Allahu Akbar, Allah can make the impossible possible. That's the point. Allah can make the impossible possible. What you think is impossible? You can't do anything, you little you? No. Allah can take from you much more than He took from me. I'm no different from you. You are already born Muslims. You know about Islam. I didn't find out about Islam until after I grew up. So, don't belittle yourselves. Don't think that you can't make a difference. Each and every one of you has something to offer. Allah has created you for a purpose. There is something that you can do for this nation, for the Muslim community. For the people of Uganda, there is something. It is just about you 
committing yourself to be true Muslims, true Christians, to be true Muslims, and to live by the fundamental principles that make you true and real and not counterfeit and fake. That's all it is. It's very simple. So, if you decide as you raised your hands and swore by God, by Allah, you decide to stay with this and live with it, Uganda will change. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay, then it's possible. It is possible. So as students in this university, or students wishing to join this university, you now must look at your study from a different perspective. Before this, you are looking at it as your key to that home and the car and the nice life. That's what you are looking at it as. But you need to change your perspective. Because this study, this study which you are doing, is the way to paradise. This study you are doing, if you do it as a true believer, it will be your way to paradise. It is your way of worshipping Allah. This study is ibadah, worship in Islam. Prophet Muhammad said, Man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman sahalallahu lahu tariqan ilal jannah. Whoever takes a path in which he or she seeks knowledge, Allah makes the path to paradise easy for them. So this is ibadah. And you have to think of your goal in study from a different perspective. Now if I ask you why you chose medicine, before you would have said, because doctors get good money. I chose engineering because engineers make lots of money. You have to change your thinking. Medicine is a wonderful profession. Engineering is a wonderful profession. These are professions which serve humanity, serve the nation, serve the community. But you have to be focused on the service. You want to be a whatever because this is beneficial to the society. You will not take a job or choose a profession which is not beneficial to the society, which is harmful to the society. You are now choosing as a true Muslim student. You have to be conscious. So, for men, you have a medical college here. Those of you that have chosen medicine and decided to specialize in gynecology, give it up. Give it up. 
Don't become a gynecologist. That is for the women. That's what we need. We need women gynecologists. Yeah. Because that is in keeping with the tradition of our religion. The haram and the halal. How can we tell the women to cover themselves up from head to toe and then go to the gynecologist, a male, who tells them, take your clothes off. That's a contradiction in terms. I know you might say, oh, no, but you know, the doctors take the hypocritical oath. Yes, hypocritical. It's hypocritical. How many doctors in America right now, in spite of the nature of the society there, are in jail or are in courts for molesting women? How many? So for the protection of our ummah, give up gynecology. Encourage our sisters to study gynecology. We need female gynecologists. Enough that any woman who needs to be treated in this manner can find a female gynecologist without any trouble. That's what we need. Does that make sense or not? Okay. And women, if you are studying medicine, and your plan is to become a specialist in prostate cancer, give it up. Let it go. This is not appropriate. For those of you who don't know what prostate cancer is, you google it and find out. <laughs> Why it is not appropriate for a woman to be studying prostate cancer as a specialization. Yes, just as the men will learn how to deliver a baby in an emergency, they step in where there's nobody else. It's not to say don't learn anything about gynecology, but just don't be the specialist. That that's what you're doing 24-7 is gynecology. No, you don't need to be there. Okay? So, in this way, this is just one example. You need to look at your profession and decide, is this really the appropriate profession for me as a man? Or as a woman? As a Muslim. Those of you that are studying economics, for you to study economics, whether male or female, with the plan of entering into a bank and working in a bank, know that that is haram. Whatever you earn from it is haram. You are bringing the curse on your family. The curse of God because riba, interest, is haram. No doubt. There's no other opinions. It is haram. Riba. But what has happened, we have become desensitized. Because so many banks around us, we're so used to everybody going to the bank. And in the old days, in the old days, riba in English was called usury. Usury. When you say, I use this person, is that a good thing? If you say, I use this person, it's not good. It's not nice. Usury. It's known. It's not nice. So what did Shaitan do? He called it interest. Now that sounds nice. Isn't that interesting? This is in your interest. 
It's in your interest to do this. He made it sound nice. So now people could swallow it. That's okay. That is the satanic way. What is evil, corrupt, is put in different words and different descriptions. So it sounds nice. So pornography becomes art. Artistic expression. Huh? Pornography becomes artistic expression. Homosexuality becomes an alternative lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? An alternative lifestyle. Homosexuality, which up until the middle of the 70s, was considered an illness. An illness. In the psychiatrist Bible, they had all kinds of treatments for homosexuality. Shock treatments, electric treatments, drug treatments, all kinds of treatments for homosexuals. By the late 70s, it was removed from the homosex from the psychiatrist Bible. And it was replaced by another disease called homophobia. It, homophobia, yes. You know what homophobia is? Dislike of homosexuals. So all of you who now dislike homosexuals, say what they're doing is nasty and bad and did. You're sick. You need to go to the psychiatrist and be reprogrammed. So this is the reality. Islam is the answer. It's the answer as a student it's the answer for society. Because homosexuality will never become acceptable in Islam. Never. Its principles are firm. Its morality does not change from time to time, from place to place, from people to people. What was haram 1,400 years ago? is haram today. No change. And that's what human beings need. A clear, divinely revealed set of moral principles to guide them. So, as students, you owe it to yourselves to set your intentions right from the perspective of the subject that you take and the goals that you seek you must correct them otherwise you will not benefit the society you may benefit yourself but you will harm the society and as you seek knowledge you should be aware that there is true knowledge and there is false knowledge. What is false knowledge? Darwinism. The theory of evolution. That we as human beings have a common ancestor with the monkeys and the gorillas. They are our cousins. That is a lie. We don't believe that. That's false knowledge. That is the knowledge which was falsely promoted by Shaitan in order to justify disbelief in God. Because that's where, that, that's what's at the root. Disbelief in God. Because you are now, through evolution, able to explain where we came from without having to go back to God.
it was an accident, the Big Bang, chemicals mixing with each other, producing proteins and DNA and RNA, the cell accidentally hitting each other parts and a real cell was formed and from that cell it accidentally bounced into other cells and they got stuck together eventually they became an organism and that organism swam in the sea and eventually it climbed up on land and it walked and it stood up and here we are and here we are in the west if you say to people hey this is not true they say what? I've seen it! it's true! Yeah, because Hollywood, Hollywood has produced it for them. Yes, you can see movies in which they will take that cell, do run the whole thing for you. You see, yeah, it's real. I saw it in the movie house. And they put it in the textbooks too. Yeah, it's false knowledge. So you have to be careful and aware to distinguish between true knowledge and false knowledge. And from the true knowledge, you also have to distinguish between useless knowledge and beneficial knowledge. We don't believe in that Western concept of knowledge for the sake of knowledge. You climb up to the top of Mount Everest just to see what is on the top. Climbing Mount Everest for a Muslim is haram. How many people die climbing Mount Everest? every year. Why? So they can stand up on the top and say, I conquered Mount Everest. That's haram in Islam. To put yourself in danger, Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى التَّحْلُكَ Do not throw yourself into destruction with your own hands. Useless knowledge, useful knowledge. Useless knowledge, in 1992, America sent a rocket ship to Mars. And it landed a craft they called the rover, which is like a little toy car. Drove around on Mars, and it analyzed the composition of the soil of Mars. They spent four billion dollars to do that. At the same time, in the United States of America, there were more than four million of its citizens homeless living in the streets of America. Going to Mars to find out the composition of dirt on Mars is useless knowledge. Better you use that money to house your citizens. Now, if we run out of space on the earth, we have too many people and no place to live, now is the time to go to Mars and find out the composition of dirt. To see if we can grow anything there. You got the picture? Huh? Because the real driving force for going to Mars was not to find out whether you can grow plants on Mars and live there. It was to find out whether there was life on Mars. 
whether there were the traces and remnants of life on Mars. Because the scientists believe that our existence is the product of an accident. So if life was accidentally produced on earth, surely it could accidentally be produced on Mars. So let's go check out Mars. That was the driving force. As a Muslim, our concern is the benefit in that knowledge. As the Prophet ﷺ said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa' O Allah, I seek refuge in you from knowledge which is of no benefit. He also told us, خَيْرُ nas anfa'uhum nas." The best of people are those most beneficial to the people. So that is the mindset of the true Muslim student. He or she seeks knowledge knowing that the seeking of knowledge is ibadah. They are worshipping Allah. They will not cheat because they know that cheating will ruin their ibadah. They will choose their subjects well. The subjects which are beneficial to humankind. This is the true Muslim student. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes you all true Muslim students. Barakallah feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Knowledge and obligation made easy. Thought about studying for a long time? Tuition fees keeping you from actually starting? Islamic Online University has led a revolution in online learning. The world's first tuition-free degree, BA in Islamic Studies. Access to the knowledge, any place, anytime, anywhere. It just doesn't get any easier than that. Classes, texts, assignments, completely online. Set your own schedule for the semester. No overseas travel required for the exams. Subjects taught by qualified English-speaking scholars. Weekly live sessions in virtual classrooms. With curricula based on those in El Medina University in Saudi Arabia, El Azhar University in Cairo, and other reputable institutions around the world. Why wait any longer? You pay just a symbolic registration fee and are ready to begin the adventure of higher education. The most diverse student body of any university in the world. 130,000 plus registered students from 217 countries. Log in to the website for more details. www.islamiconlineuniversity.com